Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey through the Stargate, through SG-1, Atlantis and Stargate Universe. Destiny. The design is clearly ancient, launched hundreds of thousands of years ago. We were on a ship, but we have no idea where we are in relation to Earth. These are the wrong people in the wrong place. Sure did. Why'd you do that? He told me to. I have a gun. What happened? Greer. Greer shot him. Each week, Alan and Mike will be following the adventures of the crew of the Destiny, along with one or two guest hosts. Join us for everything that is Stargate Universe. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of The Gatecast. Tonight, we are going to be watching the episode Blockade. I have two guests with me. Alan has a bit of a family emergency. He's had to fly back to Ireland. So tonight, we'll be joined by Steve and Ian. Good evening, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Thank you both for joining me. Ian had this episode picked, so he's on schedule. But Steve responded to a tweet and uh, happily joined us this evening. Yeah, I've never recorded with Steve before, so hey, Steve. Hello. Yeah, good to be back. So, Ian, you were saying you couldn't wait to watch the finale of Universe. No, I had to watch it. It was too good. <laughs> no, I was very happy. Except you just want to know what's supposed to happen next, so you go and read the blog. Joseph Malozzi's blog has got plot ideas they had and things like that. Yeah. Which is really interesting. And I started the second season of Killjoys last night. Oh, Yeah. I think I watched it all, but I might have fallen asleep partway through. I'm not quite sure. Huh, I've not seen it yet. It's on Netflix, isn't it? Season one's just been added to Netflix, yeah. I ended up going to bed about 10 o'clock last night. Crikey. I just didn't feel very well at all. Up to the point that even lying down, you just think, oh, I'll sit up in bed. That feels a little bit better than thought. I've got to lie down. And as mm-hmm. soon as you lie down, then, then I'm, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I've, I must have fallen asleep. Cause you open your eyes, you think, did I fall asleep there? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and you've got... You don't know. <laughs> and you try to remember what, what happened in the episode you're watching and you can't quite remember what happened. <laughs> yeah, I've had that. I'm pretty sure that means you have fallen asleep. Feels like I've been in bed ages, but that, that's probably what happens when you go to bed at 10 o'clock. <laughs> Too much day to miss otherwise. Yeah. I love going to sleep, but I begrudge the time wasted. Yeah, exactly. I know, six hours a day, I think I get. That's probably enough. Mostly. Will you be watching Iron Fist? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'll probably watch that while I'm on my bus and to work. Especially now you can download all the episodes for something onto Netflix, which is much better. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Harry Potter complete eight film box set, £30 on Blu-ray. Wow. I know. It, it doesn't pay to buy stuff as they come out. Wait, wait a bit. Yeah, definitely. So I've only been watching the episodes that I've been recording. All right. So all the, like every now and then I'll watch an episode or I'll listen to the podcast and listening to the podcast is great but kind of tune out of little bits when you're busy working and then I'll watch the next episode and there'll be references to things oh, I don't remember that happening and then <laughs> something will twig at the back of my mind and I think oh yeah I think I kind of remember something like that from the first run but now I really want to watch it. I did a rewatch of all of Stargate Universe well, I think the last time I was actually on the show which was quite a while ago now. You rewatched the whole lot. Yeah, all of Stargate Universe. For the TV watching that I've been doing, that's not a lot. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, what, there's 10 episodes a series or something? No, there's more than that. Um, I can't remember how many there are each, but yeah, now I've just finished doing the rewatch of Star Trek. So in eight months exactly, I watched 
I watched 726 episodes of Star Trek plus all 13 movies. Nice. And that's on top of watching things like Travelers, Good Witch, and all sorts of other things, and <laughs> um, re-watching Universe. And <laughs> There's a lot to be said about not having much sleep. Yeah, plenty of time to sleep when you're dead. I call that an Alan segue. No, he'd also include internet games and all sorts of stuff that we <laughs> clue what he's talking about. Yeah, that's true. Any writer will tell you that a good workshop can make the difference between a good story and a great one. Wouldn't it be great if you could workshop your story with some of the rock stars of new media? I mean, people like Nathan Lowell and J. Daniel Sawyer and Chuck Wendig. That would be amazing. You know, that would make an outstanding podcast. Oh, wait. It already is. Introducing the Roundtable Podcast, a weekly podcast where writers discuss their story ideas with some truly remarkable people. And will be available on iTunes and on the Roundtable Podcast website. Visit www.roundtablepodcast.com for more information. The Roundtable Podcast. Literary alchemy. One podcast at a time. Right then, we won't mess about. We might as well jump straight into the episode. As per usual, and as I always say, I'll be doing this one more time after this. Woohoo. This is taken from the Region 2 DVD. The episode has a runtime of 41 minutes 44 seconds. Hopefully we're all staring at the black screen with a counter set to zero. Yep. Yep. Good. I will do a 3, 2, 1 clicky. And when I say clicky, we'll press play and we'll all start watching the episode and do the usual entertaining, hopefully, commentary. <laughs> you want to uh, actually watch along with us, it's best if you have a, the Region 2 copy. Otherwise, the runtime is uh, slightly longer on the Region 1 version. Otherwise, just sit back and listen to us as you should with any podcast. Right then, gentlemen, are you ready? Ready. Indeed. Okay, then. Three, two, one, click. I may be on the verge of discovering the true nature of Destiny's mission. As per usual, it'll be uh, Nicholas Rush doing the little voiceover. This is Blockade, Season 2, Episode 19 of Stargate Universe, Gatecast Episode 349. This episode premiered in America and Canada, May the 2nd, 2011. In Germany, May the 12th. Sweden, October the 29th. And Hungary, April the 25th, 2014. This episode was directed by Andy Makita and written by Linda McGivney. Episodes, or series, with episodes of the same name. Freewheelers, The Onedian Line, The First World War... Pulitzer Prize Playhouse and the Streets of San Francisco. And that was over a lot quicker than I had hoped for. So, in the previously, oh, we've got the drones, we've got uh, Common Descent, Epilogue. Yeah, it's good seeing all these things flash up because it's been a while since I actually did my rewatch. <laughs> yeah, I think they realised in the second season it, it was far more serialised than the first, so they really had to do the previously. Yeah. yeah. There's one on almost every episode, I think, now. Yeah. But that's one of the differences between Stargate Universe and sort of Atlantis and SG-1 is the fact that both series of Stargate Universe was more or less serial. Yeah. So you had got this continuation the whole way through, whereas everything was, for the most part, episodic. Um, SG-1 went more to having a running theme throughout the final series more than anything, but still wasn't sort of serial there were a few sort of three-parters and things like that sort of thing, but not a huge amount. 
it's a fine balance to uh, attempt. If you get it wrong, then you never gain back the audience you had in the initial episodes. If you get it right, you're The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you're scrambling to uh, keep writing new series. <laughs> yeah. The issue then was that there weren't many TV series out there which was sort of a serial manner. Sort of Battlestar Galactica, the refresh of that was one of the first to really sort of push that in the stories. Whereas these days you get a lot more of it, sort of Game of Thrones, as you said, is a prime example. Um, the Walking Dead is another one where you need to watch from the beginning. But these days, especially with streaming, people are much more likely to just go and binge watch entire series than they used to. Yeah, guilty. <laughs> so Destiny's going to slingshot around a gas joint to slow itself as it enters its solar system. They seem a little bit confused why she's decided to do this. Power reserves are still at 40%. As bad as my grandfather. He was always filling his Buick at half a tank. Destiny's kind of doing the same thing. Even though they've got control of us, he's still got a man of her own. But his life and the lives of those around him depended on making it to the next gas station. That's bloody hilarious, really. Are we there yet? And, of course, the puzzle is, we know what's going to happen. And it makes you wonder, did Destiny have some inclination? Yeah, sure, well... That never crossed my mind. Oh, it did to me, because it's already proven that it's got some sort of artificial intelligence behind it, just due to the fact the way that it interacts with the crew, especially when it came to sort of Rush and these sort of visions of people, and also, um, oh, I was going to say Telford, but it's not Telford. Oh, um, Young? Colonel, Young. (laughs) Brain brain freeze on his name. Yeah, Um, you read his nameplate, didn't you? (laughs) So, yeah, it's just when you consider how the ship interacted with those two alone, you know there's some sort of artificial intelligence in the background. There has to be. So it must have thought, at least even just pattern recognition, all the things that had happened with the drones beforehand. (laughs) Just like, yeah, it's obviously taken that into consideration. Well, you think about it, it it makes a lot of sense. If you've got a grace period where you can't re-engage FTL, why not come out well ahead of the star just in case? Mm. But another grey area is how good are the Destiny sensors, the long-range sensors? We don't know uh, what it might be interpreting that we couldn't. But the thing is, from the seed ships, it knows the system that it's going to. So if it thinks it's highly probable this is going to happen, it will take measures to sort of make sure that it has enough time to do what it needs to. That is a negative. Where the oh, hell is... Oh, I don't know. I lost count at about 100. Can we jam them? Drones are 30 seconds out. We can't jam them in 30 seconds. Doesn't matter. We can jump soon. Maybe we should just punch through. They won't follow us into We're a star. We're never going to make We it. need to refuel. Well, Destiny can choose another star. There's no point fighting unless we have to. 10 seconds to contact. Lieutenant, go to FDL. No, for another 15 seconds. How is that not close enough? They're firing. Nice. <laughs> Seeing the drones flying outside the window. And I know it's only green screen, but it still looks pretty impressive. It does. It's nice attention to DCL, isn't it? Saved a few grand by not putting that in. Things I did like previously when the drones, when they go into FTL and they all sort of spin and blow up. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When they get caught. And it is a bit of a shame that they didn't do that that time, but they'd obviously done something into the green screen of those shots there, but it wasn't possible. One thing I didn't know about this bridge design, which they uh, mentioned on the commentary, Andy McKeita and John G. Lennock, when they designed the bridge, all the lighting in it is real. It is there for the cameras, so they don't have to add any additional lighting. Yeah. That's why there's diffusion panels in front of everything, I guess. Yeah, they've got one big board control every single light on the bridge. Nice. 
and how many times have we heard in commentaries where they said there just wasn't room for the cameraman to get in we had to take this wall out or <laughs> do this or do that or put you know lighting in the roof which meant you couldn't point the camera up yeah going through all the commentary so especially when it showed the sets and how they could reuse one small space they really put a lot of thought when it came to doing this and you can see why um nicholas carlisle said <laughs> was so good he hadn't seen anything as good since he was on bond i just got to say i love the way you smashed nicholas rush and robert carlisle together <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i know uh, so usually i'd prepare for the podcast i'd watch the thing watch watch the show watch the commentary um but yeah sort of rushing home to record tonight i'm a bit sort of flustered <laughs> yeah. yeah they did say they considered building a model of destiny for the real closing camera work just too expensive which says a lot these days where a cgi model can look like that but still be significantly cheaper than actually building a filming model well i think it's also because they did the original model in so much detail that to recreate a new model a physical one would have actually been more costly uh, rather than making one up from scratch where you don't have a reference point. Contacts. Nothing yet. Well, we're too far out from the primary for sensors to pick anything up. I wouldn't celebrate. Why did we drop out so far away? To make sure that the minimum time elapsed before we could go back to FTL. Don't want to run into drones with time on the clock. Still don't understand what they want from us. It's got to be said that Jung looks so very comfortable in Command of Destiny at the moment. He's really found his place on the ship, in himself, and everything. Even to having a joke on the bridge. This room needs more chairs. Here, please, go ahead. No, 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 that, that's yours. What am I, Captain Kirk? I need to stretch my legs anyway, please. Oh, <laughs> he's not Captain Kirk. <laughs> Don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Rush. Comfy, but no back support. You see there, how many people are on the bridge? And this is only a fraction of the cast. Oh, that's not good. Headed our way. Yes, sir. Multiple drones, multiple vectors. It's command ship two holding position between us and the star. It's a blockade. How long before they reach us? It doesn't matter. We can't fight our way through this. Plus, we're running low on power anyway. Lieutenant, get us out of here. Yes, sir. Not sticking around. So Sergeant Greer was bang on in his assessment. <laughs> Gold star to Ronald. They blockaded the stars from which destiny recharges. They can't possibly be waiting at every star on your path. It doesn't matter. They only have to be at the next one. This probably shows you how the AI on the you know the drone command ships was designed. Totally dependent, very intelligent, can analyze, predict, counter. The race that built it must have been incredible. Unfortunately, knowing the way science fiction works, they probably got wiped out by the drones themselves. Destiny needs to replenish its reserves and only uses certain kinds of stars to do it. Main sequence, spectral KRM, uh, mostly red dwarfs. So we recharge off another kind of star. What's so crazy about that? Well, the only way to make sure the drones won't be waiting is to pick a star that Destiny wouldn't fly into in a million years. No, don't, don't tell me. That star. <laughs> <laughs> that star. <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> Camera work never gets old. No. As you were saying, <laughs> this set is stage five, former Stargate SG-1 set. Also doubles up as the infirmary of Destiny. I'm telling you right now, we can't survive something like that. And I never said we would. Well, then I think it's a very bad plan. The shields will hold. Yeah, which is terrific, Eli, except the temperatures we're talking about are way outside Destiny's life support margins. A, a few compartments are going to get over 400 degrees. Which is why the majority of the crew will go to a planet within range. 
The team will stay behind to manually pilot. Something like this would normally take about eight hours to film, at least uh, in the SG-1 days. Now they can get the same scene in two or three hours using, you know, the different camera techniques. That's a big saving, that all adds up. Yeah, it actually requires the actors to repeat the lines more often than they would, you know, to get the coverage. But with the roaming cameras, they get so much more coverage in much shorter time. Then the editors can go to work, find the best angles at work. That's really cool. This is our own lives that are on the line. You're not even bloody here. <laughs> he hasn't really got much choice here. Really. <laughs> just the look in his face, the way he's just like, yeah, I don't have a choice for this. <laughs> I've got to. Uh, they just reminded you that it's Telford in Scott's body. Yeah. These last two episodes, they do kind of keep pulling rabbits out of hats. <laughs> Won't an active Stargate attract drones to the planet we go to? Eventually, yeah. But hopefully not before we can get back. Hopefully not. This is them writing their uh, writing the exit that they want with the time they've got available, isn't it? Yeah. That'll be a pretty tricky job. Okay, guys, I'll try to sell this idea to Homeworld, but I'm telling you right now... David, we're not asking permission, we're informing you. We're low on power and we don't have time to screw around. We're doing this. Uh, not the first time Young's dropped that line on him. Yep. He's right. <laughs> he doesn't need have time to ask permission and for committees and whatever yeah. else. If the committee says no, well then what? <laughs> They're all right. Smoking, all right. Every plan in here is going to burn to the ground. Don't ask me why that doesn't happen every time. Well, the EM of a class O star is just too intense for the shield to attenuate over such a large transparent surface. Oh, look at all those lovely vegetables. Most of the plants are actually fakes. Really? The ones that we can actually see in picking the tomatoes, the tomatoes or the tomato-like fruit, is actually tied to the vine. <laughs> are they real tomatoes tied on already? I imagine they are real fruit, but they're actually just tied so they can easily pull off. Ah, right. And like you say, they've done wonders. Look at the early hydroponics they had. They've actually found some worlds with some edible fruit, got the seeds, fixed this dome, and now it's going to all get burnt to a cinder. I'd love to know if anybody's actually, you know, made a note of all the extras and figured out exactly how many people have been on Destiny in this last couple of years. I'm sure somebody has. <laughs> now, this is worrying. You would assume Destiny would give them a little bit of, you know, bridge is closing down in 10 seconds. Leave <laughs> now. Yeah, but it could have actually been on one of the consoles, but because it's not, not manned. commanded by a full crew that they probably didn't see it. Well, it popped up on the captain's chair or something. <laughs> Possibly. They're probably pissing around looking at something completely different as well. Brody, I'll have to make some new ones. That's time, sir. Yeah, make a note of that. We ain't got many bullets left. How is Brody going to make new ones? Uh, if they actually collect all the brass, then the chemicals are not that difficult. And if you can build a still. Yeah, true. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I imagine a, a refined shot for a rifle like that is a... Assault rifle takes something a little bit more complex than a 9mm or something. Yeah. Because Rush isn't as great as he thinks. And besides, I'm our expert on the suits. I said okay. Good luck. Okay. There we go. Young again. Much better commander. Totally trusting one of his scientists. Everyone here? Except Rush. Nice of him to see us off. Dr. Park. What? She volunteered to use the third suit. Didn't even try to talk her out of it. She can handle herself. You see, Volk is worrying. Greer, she can handle it. <laughs> no worries. It's not like Volk to worry. <laughs> You'd have thought after the taking of flowers and finding holding hands with uh, Greer, he'd shake it off. That's how hard he's fallen. Yeah. No drones in sight. That's good. What's our clock? 
Can't give you a precise time and not to be safe, no less than seven hours. Understood, stand by. Gates in range? We got one. I'll take it. Dial up. Oh, <laughs> okay. That actually helps, you don't have to decide. <laughs> They're always bunched around the gate when it's opening. <laughs> You know, you, you see this and think, funny place to put a gate. <laughs> but then again, we've seen gates in basements and in museums, so perhaps not. Yeah, I wondered, when I first saw this, it, it looked like it might be useful as a like warehouse, so you transport materials in and out. Mm. It looked like cow market. Yeah, yeah, it does actually. Do we know anything about the location this was shot? Yes, we do. This was the Terminal City Ironworks. Holy crap, we dialed Pittsburgh. <laughs> I've not been to America, so I don't know what Pittsburgh is like, so I don't know if that's actually an insult or not. <laughs> it's just the way they deliver it. Ames wanted that, we're born in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Used extensively by Dark Angel production, if you remember that sci-fi series. I used to love that. Well, Jessica Alba wanted it in yeah. skin tight, black eyes <laughs> half the time. What wasn't yeah. to like? Yeah, it was her and uh, Michael Weatherby. Yes, it was who's in NCIS and now his new TV series, Bull. I haven't watched Bull, but pretty much given up on NCIS now he's left. It's not too bad, actually. I don't like any of the new characters. Well, as with any new character, it takes a bit of time to get to know them. But no, his new series, very, very good. Is it? You'll like it, yeah. What's it called? Bull. Oh. Ish, we'll dial when it's cool enough to come back. What Eli meant to say was that We'll dial when you're cool enough to come back. Oh, look at him. All alone. And the lights go out. All right, people, let's find a spot and relax. We're going to be here for a while. It's like they've all just arrived at an airport and they've got to wait for the next connecting flight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where do we go now? Sorry, I just remembered the thing about the gun store. <laughs> <laughs> Find a pharmacy or a grocery store. Or a gun store. Oh, there we go. What? <laughs> Have you ever been to Pittsburgh? Hey, I was born there. Sometimes you can't remember where you heard a line if it was in the episode or one before. Yeah. I could just remember that James said she was from Pittsburgh. <laughs> Wait, shouldn't we all go? We'd cover more ground that way, sir. This already goes against my better judgment. I want you two to stay put and you keep these people safe, understood? Yes, sir. Colonel, you too. Could hit the fan in here just as easily as out there. If we are not back in seven hours, I want you to get everyone back on the ship. No search teams, no waiting. I like this as well. Barrow's more than proved himself. Mm -hmm. He's lost his levers. Yes, although I am amazed he's walking around. <laughs> he has no right to be walking around that quick after that fall. He's a machine. Yeah. Like they said in the commentary, always nice to do location work. And you know this isn't the Batlot, Paramount or Universal that's used in so many shows. But I do like the fact that when they're showing the civilians and the military walking together that you have all the people in military uniform checking behind them and checking to see if things are safe and you've just got the civilians just like yeah. walking along going, hmm. I hadn't noticed that. You're quite right. That's a good direction, isn't it? It's, it's always these little things and things, especially when you watch like extras and stuff and you, you hear about the direction that people are taking. It's just like you you don't realise how many little things get put into a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And it, and it does make a difference. And you notice it then when you don't see it in something else. You're like, well, they could have been doing this. 
with all due respect to the likes of Asylum, you know where the time and effort have been put into a production and where it hasn't. Hmm. Helping Dr. Park? Well, time to stop doing that. Rush out. Eli spending more time with Dr. Park, helping... Eli spending way too much time with Dr. Park, according to Nicholas. Please. Just gonna grab a few more. I'll be right behind you. Yes, this is where they filmed Watchmen. Huh. Couple of big intersections, plenty of uh, scope for filming. They sent some water trucks down to wet it, make it look that bit more interesting. So is this a real town? No. Huh. It looks like something that would have been like abandoned. Hurricane Katrina or something. It looks like a real town that's just been left. They designed it well. Yeah. Even little things like in that shot just now, you've got a window that had been left open. Yeah. So like they had gone quickly. Just those small bits of details that they have in the shot. I don't waste time searching stores. Buildings don't have anything useful in them. If we see a shoe store, I'm going in. New boots would be useful. Lieutenant! Yep. We should split up going opposite sides of the street. We'll cover more ground. Yeah, good idea. Uh, Brody, Chloe, and you two, you're with me. Yeah, the place is deserted. Nothing to fear here. Or is there? Lurking round the corner. Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> Enjoy yourself, Mike. <laughs> Eli, all suited up. Need a little short to be a stormtrooper. <laughs> you're not wearing your suit. Well, there's plenty of time before we reach the star. Plus, we can work better with that. Yeah, but now I look ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give him more protection than Stormtrooper armor does. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Wish your Stormtrooper armor was just designed for skateboarding. <laughs> I know that. I was just asking. Ah, this is interesting. The very fact that he even gives Eli the opportunity to stake his claim. Mm -hmm. Thing is, he knows that Eli is better at the math. He doesn't want to seem that he doesn't know it. So he's trying to make it Eli's thought to actually do the control. Oh, bloody hell, we're all doomed. What? We, we pilot the ship manually through the stars. Who the is plan. going to be the pilot and who is going to be the co-pilot? I just assumed... Look, there's no question that in the end that it's going to take both of us to pull this off. But only one of us should input the actual course corrections. I'm trying to determine who that should be. If you're being generous, you could say that he's slowly trying to bring Eli up gain more confidence in his own abilities yeah. but it's rough so probably not yeah. <laughs> he, d he does seem like he's trying to apply the sort of teacher lecturer yeah. master uh, approach to it make a decision now double check those figures for me they've still got a little bit of paper left I mean they, they were talking earlier that they were running out of uh, blank paper when was that? right at the start when Eli was looking at those recordings oh the sheet with the, yeah. the uh, oh, it's on the corner yeah Okay. Park's in trouble here. The ship's decided to lock her in. Did give you a warning, at least three seconds. <laughs> Rush, this is Park. Yeah, go ahead. Destiny's locked down this compartment. I need you to override the door. I'm on it. They had a few issues filming this scene, mainly because they're in the gate room, so they couldn't turn the camera around. They're in the gate room? Yeah. Oh, well, well done. It's not working. Yeah, so of all the places in the ship which is going to offer you the least protection, this is it. Yeah. Oh, and they were saying, they hadn't planned to do this scene, you know, this sort of location, but they thought it really added to the episode. 
they had to rent everything in this, and it cost them a small fortune. You know that uh, diner looks like the one that Daniel sits in when he's talking to uh, Anubis. <laughs> yeah, it does a little bit. The Waffle House. That's it. It's the same one from Dead Like Me. Is it? Yeah. That's how I remembered it. <laughs> Food cans with no name. Oh, the adventure. Sun is fading. It'll be dark soon. Oh, he's limping. So <laughs> he did get wounded. Quiet for an out limp. I found it over there. Looks like a newspaper. Look at the headline. And this makes a lot of sense. These people are obviously descendants from Destiny. Mm. With such a long-established visual history, language probably isn't going to change a lot. And also building structure. Yeah. Everything looks familiar. There's no... Yeah. You can't say, oh, this is staff science fiction. It wouldn't look like this. Like, you know, like when Star Trek went to a planet that looked remarkably like Earth. <laughs> and you're just scratching your head thinking, Why? Yeah, which is what I thought was very clever about the way they seeded that whole story, of course, based on something that happened several episodes beforehand as well. It was just, I thought that was actually an impressive storyline twist. And I do think, when did they get that idea? It's just like, did someone get it after that time travel episode or not? Well, most writers always say it's planned until years later when they admit they were making it up (laughs) as they went along. Yeah. My brother just started rewatching Futurama. Yeah, And apparently in that first episode where Fry goes back in time, you know Nibbler is sitting under the desk that he sits at. Apparently Nibbler is in the shot in the first episode. Oh, right. But I don't know if that's because they went back and changed it. <laughs> like, later. You know, like the from the Ed version. You don't know, do you? Yeah. What I think is, you need to stay calm. Lieutenant James is finding how difficult it is to be in charge of a group of civilians. Especially Morrison. No doubt Varro will help out. What are you doing? The colonel asked me to keep these people safe. So that's what I'm doing. A freaking rocket launcher. I love this bit. What kind of city doesn't have a gun shop? <laughs> what kind of city? Most of them, actually. <laughs> but the thing is, what made me laugh is the fact that, of course, somewhere like this it wouldn't because they're shooting in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what got me because <laughs> it's just like. Shooting in Canada. Oh, no, shooting the series <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> Let's get inside! Come on, come on, come on! In here! Go, go! Get in here, get, in, get inside, get inside, get inside! Go, 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 go! Go, go! Nice hiding space. <laughs> 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 Won't be seen. <laughs> yeah, you probably can forgive the fact that these drones don't catch on that they're hiding there because they're designed for combat in space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if they had any sort of life form readings, they'd know, oh, humans, there. But yeah, they're designed to detect technology. Colonel, we have what appears to be a single drone at our position. Request permission to engage. That's a negative. We don't know how many there are. Go to radio silence. Do not reveal your position. Young out. Yeah, it would be the worst thing to do, to open fire on a drone with an assault rifle. They suspect you're there at the moment. They don't know you're there. Well, they detected some sort of signal, more than likely, because of all the transmissions. They had planned to do a a practical drone, but they eventually gave up on the idea because of the amount of uh, track they'd have to lay, so they went for a full CGI drone. I was going to say, that would take a lot of wire work or, yeah, track or something. Yeah, Yeah. because you'd probably need a crane. Then you'd have to CGI everything out. (laughs) Yes, you might as well just CGI it in. Yeah. Well, I say, one thing you can't criticise Universe about is the quality of its CGI work. Yeah, exactly. Especially incorporating that into live action, which is, when it doesn't work, it looks awful. (laughs) 
yeah, I've recently started watching, and now finished watching Star Trek, is I've gone on to doing Babylon 5. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of bits there where it really doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll forgive Babylon 5 a lot for the time it was made. I know, I know, but it, so if you compare it to the Star Trek even that was out then, and what you saw in Babylon 5, especially season 1, it's just like, yeah, no. I... What I always love about that, though, is that every, every production says the same. We really didn't have a lot of money, and Babylon 5 saying, we wish we had that sort of money. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I think it knows we're here. Are you sure there's only one? One too many. Here's what I love about these scenes that they've done here with that drone, is the reflections that they had on the road. Yeah. Oh, in the puddles. Yeah. Again, so much attention to detail. How come that drone is built for space combat, but it's equipped with microphones? <laughs> it didn't see Greer run out of a building, but it heard a can. Well, it's probably got something to detect. Sonar or something like that. Yeah. Yep, that's ah, uh, yes, like that. You've forgotten about me, have you? We're still working on it. That's the second time Destiny's tried to abort our approach, and the second time I've had to override it. If it lets you do that, why won't it let us open a damn door? I don't understand that either. That's it. I'm going down there to try to pry the door open. Come on, Eli. Big picture. Maybe he's hoping Rush will take control and he won't have to worry about uh, manual piloting. No, it's Eli. He hasn't even thought about that. No, he's just yeah. thinking about helping the others. Yeah, if the, if the ship doesn't survive, Dr. Park doesn't survive, and the rest of the crew don't survive. Unfortunately, Command, you may have to sacrifice somebody or yeah. risk the life of somebody. For his fault, Rush is really good at Yeah. Simple little heat invents to give uh, that shimmer in the screen, just in front of the camera lens. What about the plants I saved? Dr. Park, forget about the plants and please listen to me very carefully. There's a collection pool near the center of the compartment. As long as you're fully immersed and secure during the transition through the star, then the water should provide enough protection to see you through. Do you really think that's gonna work? I promise you it will. Look, I'm sorry, but there's really no other way. Rush out. Nice and simple. It's really effective. Yeah. Bitch. She'll be fine. Yeah, that, that's Rush trying to convince himself. With himself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, again, nighttime shot. They filmed two nights. The first night they did one side of the street, the second night they did the other side. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The logistics in. TV and movie production, though. You know, budgeting everything. It's... thing is, that you must admit, you probably would have thought they would have done it during the day like they did with a couple of the other episodes when it came to a lot of the night shoots. Mm-hmm. And then just make it look dark. And Yeah, they, they apply a filter on it. Yeah, they have done that before. And come out in the commentary said, that is what we did, and it looked fantastic. Mm, like the one that when they're around that little campfire. Yeah. The fact that they're on a filming location, which is designed for filming, why not film at night? Yeah. And stay quiet. I it also helps they're probably not a huge distance from Bridge Studios anyway. Don't move, be quiet. If you believe, then pray. And you're in a mess. But there's a lot more left over after the attack. I'll be scattered all over the planet. What are we going to do? I don't know, but. That's a very powerful spotlight. Useless in space, really, but. <laughs> You wonder if these drones were left on this planet and then, you know, kind of tweet for 
atmospheric combat. Yeah. Well, it depends. If they've got some sort of image recognition, so they're checking out for technology or things like that, a light to help do that. Because you don't know what these drones were. Yeah, that's true. Well, and they've clearly destroyed the city, so and are probably scattered around the planet. What? What is he doing? Don't do it, mate. Don't do it. What are you doing? This thing's showing two other planets in range. Yeah, but only this one's in range of destiny. Well, I'm not going to sit around here waiting to get killed. This is one of the more stupid acts. He's supposed to be a scientist. <laughs> isn't he? Good. Morrison is a scientist. Especially logical and reasonable. He knows activating the gate will draw the drone's attention. Yeah. Oh, they've heard our radio chatter and they've come to investigate. Oh, I'll just fire up a superconductor. One of the drones is now headed your way. Stay off your radio and fight. Ooh. Now that was the second time they've blown that building up. The first time, the explosion was so big, they realised that nobody would believe anybody would survive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, even Spider-Man will be proud of that. Oh, that's nice. One of the background explosions blew a, a dustbin about 100 foot into the air. <laughs> the pyrotechnic guys got a little bit carried away on this shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure the art artificial through. intelligence is quit for this. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't work out if it was supposed to have malfunctioned or been riddled so much that it crashed. Something must have been damaged. It kind of looked like it was yeah. confused. Yeah, because AI, you think, jump 100 foot in the air and fire down. Yeah. Get out of the line of fire. It's obviously detecting, trying to determine which one of them is the biggest risk mm -hmm. and trying to um, attack it. But of course, they're equal threats. It's just like, yeah, um, um. <laughs> yeah, but with the firepower it's got, though, it, it could have got some altitude and leveled the place. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't have made very good TV, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought you'd, you'd be able to hear much inside the spacesuits. Well, they've got the internal comms. Uh, okay. Because, yeah, they, they would be able to talk to each other normally. They're using the suit in internal communications for that. Yeah, and maybe the uh, ship's audio is piped into the suit as well. Just past 150 degrees Fahrenheit and rising. What is Destiny? Lock down the compartment and would let us override because it knew that the dome couldn't sustain the stress of going through the star. Well, that sounds about right, if you ask me. You already thought of that. I consider the possibility, yes. You told her she'd be fine. Yes, he did. <laughs> but only if you do what you're here to do and stop worrying about something you can do nothing about. Yes, Eli's got a, a lot of growing up to do. In time, he will make a very good commander. But he needs to understand the cold reality of making a decision for the betterment of the majority. And see, this is, this is quality sci-fi. Robots and flying machines coming after you. It's like a 60s sci-fi show. <laughs> They're very fortunate they haven't got large sound detectors. Like you say, it makes the episode work, but... <laughs> <laughs> the rubble we've seen of this city, they don't seem to be too keen on mass destruction, more selective. Yeah. And I love this. This is James. We got a drone at the front door. This is brilliant, isn't it? She's got such faith in Varro. I wonder if it's because of what they've seen. She knows she's can trust him that he'll be there for her. Yeah, because basically her thought is, 
attract it, it kills her, everyone else is safe. Okay. <laughs> Big bada boom. <laughs> Greer will be really annoyed. I have one of them. <laughs> See, that's romance. <laughs> nice shot. Thank you. Anyone hurt? Yeah. Morrison. I broke his nose. Yay. <laughs> you, should, you shouldn't be smiling. <laughs> and possibly a concussion given how hard he hit the floor as well. Yeah, he sort of just went cold. <laughs> it's just like, whack! <laughs> this was the last day of shooting. Second unit filmed all this. They had to rebuild this set on a different stand stage. As you would expect, lots of stunt performers involved to make Park, aka Jennifer, look spectacular. Also, when wearing the suit, obviously you're not that nimble. Even have to stand on uh, a box to be able to get into that pool. I like the maglock thing, that was clever. I like the visuals there with the shield. Yeah, each part of the shield being affected slightly differently. Activating collectors. We're going into steam. There is this nominal, you're doing fine. Magnetic fluctuations are way greater than I predicted. I'm not sure I can stay ahead of it. You can do this. I don't know why I thought I could. Yeah, they didn't really go to the expense, but well, obviously they went to a lot of expense, but they showed the actual collectors coming out this time. Yeah, but then this time it, that's not part of the story. No. It's more about what's happening inside the ship. Well, look at that. <laughs> Bubbles. <laughs> so it's like to be inside a, a glass of Coke. Yeah. A lot of that effect was CGI, of course, but they also filmed some bubbles with a little P2 camera. What's a P2 camera? Small handheld HD camera. Ah. Consumer level, I think it is. Yeah. Oh, like a GoPro type. Yeah. Surprised how much Stargate is filmed on cameras which would normally be regarded as consumer. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, especially these days, you can get such good quality from just like mobile phones. Yeah. And then just a little bit of post work and you've got colour matched with everything else you filmed in. And... I love that all that she's still holding onto the fruit and the veg. Yeah, it's not going to be much good, but she ain't letting go. Yeah. That was a particularly clever stunt where the uh, performer fell from some rafters. Obviously filmed it upside down, so it looked like it was falling upwards. Mean interior temperature, 310 degrees. Oh, is that all? I should start cooling the gate room first. They could be by. Oh dear, that doesn't look good. What? The hydroponic dome's been breached. Not quite sure why they call it the hydroponic dome. After all, that's a different part of the ship altogether. Yeah. The plan was to move the Stargate from a place they called Terminus to an older part of the city. I guess here. No technology to attract them. From what I can make out, volunteers were driving vehicles away from the city to draw the drones. Move the gate to an undisclosed location and uh, draw the fire of the drones and try to get as many civilians through as you can. Yeah. Welcome back. Nice work, Lieutenant. Barrow's the one who fired the shot. Well, let's just get out of here before more show up. <laughs> Bicycle sign with a red cross through it. <laughs> What's in the bag? Hopefully that is your new outfit. I couldn't find a gun store or a grocery store, but I found a dry cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't find all the things they really wanted, but found a dry cleaner, so... 
And that is David Blue running in a spacesuit. <laughs> what made me laugh is the fact that he went and shut the other door. And it's just like, why? You want the place to cool? No, well, as we see, there is an airlock, is there? We're through the star. I may be able to override. Yeah, but again, you want the air thing to cool. Nice, easy way. I like how Rush's hair is just soaked. Well, with the heat, even the spacesuits, they were sweating, and you could see that when they were operating the consoles. Yeah. The piece of wire attached to a bag, pulling it away from her. <laughs> That's really effective. It is. It works, doesn't it? Yeah. My guess is that her hand is so cramped up, she couldn't let go of that bag even if she tried. Yeah. Oh, dear. You know, only so many filters you can put on a piece of glass. Mm. You're not going to block out all the ultraviolet. Yeah, it sounds a bit bigger, doesn't it? <laughs> sounds different than before. I don't much like the difference. No, we're ten minutes too soon. Close enough. There's a difference to when it comes to the ship. 30 seconds. Yeah, isn't that close enough? No! <laughs> comes to the gate. <laughs> Sod it, we're going. <laughs> A wise commander always knows when it's time to throw out plan A and go to plan B. wonder how many of those suits are available. Yeah, I don't think I'll be standing around watching this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll be standing around watching this. <laughs> you don't know how big guns the command... Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, crap. <laughs> it looks like something out of Independence Day and the Stargate movie. Yeah. Yeah. Although that is probably one of the weakest CGI effects I've seen on this show. Yeah. Well, they didn't put much detail into it, did they? No, I suppose you could argue that it's dark, there's no light. And the fact that all the cloud cover from it coming into the atmosphere as well. So they put the money where it needed to be, which was in the other part. Hot in here. It's ten minutes early. We didn't have much of a choice. Harry's still carrying his big gun. <laughs> what happened? Flash blindness. Hopefully it's temporary. That Volker. Oh, dear. Aww. Eli got us through. I kept checking his calculations looking for a mistake, but there wasn't any. Okay, record this moment for posterity. <laughs> genius. I've never seen anything like it. Please don't tell him I told you now. I have to do it again. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't tell Aww. him. <laughs> so we're, we're back to where we started. Well, not exactly. Let's get a full tank of gas. Yay. <laughs> they have made great use of those pair. <laughs> that is the beauty of this drones the command ship though. They do learn, they know. They need their own spin off show. Yeah. Wow, that was quick. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> what a cracking episode. It was. Highly entertaining, fantastic CGI, drama, tension. Suspense, lots of uh, plot elements left hanging. It makes you wonder. Obviously, only one more episode to go. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, no. where do they take it? Sad, isn't it? It is. Yep. Yeah. Right then, Andy Makita, the director of this episode, he directed 29 episodes of SG1, 22 of Atlantis, and 12 of Universe. Also directed episodes of Travelers, Killjoy, Cedar Cove, Bitten, Strange Empire, and Primeval New World. Linda McGidney, she wrote two episodes of SGU, Blockade and Alliances. Also written for Time Cop, Profiler, Xena, Wildfire, Rizzoli and Isles, Powers and Chicago Hope. I think I mentioned this before, but 
universe certainly benefited from having a much wider writing pool compared to SG-1 and Atlantis. It always seemed to be the same half dozen writers and directors. They've mixed it up, certainly more, definitely more female input into this series than others. It's yeah. nice. You get a lot of varied storylines and storytelling techniques. Yep. Okay, then. That was Blockade. Next week, we are going to be watching the series finale and the final episode of Stargate ever made. Oh, man. Gauntlet. On the series finale of Stargate Universe. If we don't find a way to defeat the drones, we'll all be killed. Well, we can't run, we can't hide, we'll have to fight. One last battle. Personal weapons fire. They're flying right into us. It's a kamikaze run. Boy, I see it. We all came here together. If need be, we'll all go out together. They're at every single gate. We're screwed. And not as first thought when Ian said he'd just watched it, the Clint Eastwood movie. (laughs) He said, I've just watched Gauntlet. And I'm thinking, Gauntlet, Gauntlet, Clint Eastwood movie. (laughs) I couldn't resist. Had to see it. Oh, man. Oh, well. It was good while it lasted. Yep, indeed. Well, never know. Might get picked up. I imagine MGM will just reboot the whole lot at some point. Well, saying that, the person who was behind the original Stargate movie was wanting to reboot Stargate and to bring it back with a trilogy, which was originally how he envisaged Stargate being in movies. Um, But of course, the second Stargate movie actually got turned into Independence Day, (laughs) Independence Day 2. So um, he had redone things and he was looking to make that. I think it was last year, but basically that is no longer going anywhere. So now that isn't happening it would be good to see if they could pick this up, especially now MGM is out of the bankruptcy and they've started doing things again. Of course, since the bankruptcy and starting things again, all the bond stuff is gone on and um, things like that. So it would be nice for them. And especially with Stargate Universe is the way it was left, you can very, very easily start it up again and have the correct time span as well for that time period. Because they can make it... Well, I won't go into that because that will be covered on the next episode. (laughs) So, yeah, it it does have a way that they can start things again. And, of course, if people can't come back, there'd be reasons that would explain that as well. Yeah. And with streaming services and stuff like Netflix, Amazon Prime, they can pick that up, put it out there, push it quite hard on the homepage and drive traffic to it, add a new series. Yeah, need to get some campaigns going, maybe. Yeah. You would hope at some point MGM looks at their content that they own and said, we should be making some money from this franchise. Maybe that's why it's been pulled from Netflix. Hmm. Well, it's not on Prime. Yeah, there's usually clauses that stop that from happening. It's either that or the people who basically bought into MGM to get it sort of started again. It's more than likely that they're probably having a look at what the people like CBS are doing. And streaming is the way things are going. And other networks may be looking at starting their own. Now, CBS already had has their own streaming service. But it could be that MGM, they've pulled it from other streaming services because they're looking to set something else up. So many other things in their library that if they started their own streaming service, that could be quite profitable for them. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. Brad sent us in some feedback for Common Descent and Epilogue. 
take it away. Oh, I'm Mike and the Gatecast listeners, Brad here from Australia, with some thoughts on uh, the last two episodes, Common Descent and Epilogue. Now, just watching these again, I've tried watching them three or four times and taking notes, but I can't. They're just so good, so good episodes. Um, just all the all the backstory with the uh, first Destiny group, what they went through when they got to the planet, um, and now 2,000 years later, their descendants uh, going out and exploring new worlds through the gate. It's just great to see. Like, they've done a lot better job here than what we got in Unending definitely better than the series wrap-up we got for Atlantis. And both episodes, are, um, there's a lot of great character stuff peppered through both episodes. Uh, all the stuff happened with TJ. Uh, Volker being the first to go because what we know about uh, his kidney issue. And I think Miles and uh, Mike summed it all up pretty well. Just a fantastic episode, two-parter. And I'll nearly... Uh, I would lump Twin Destinies and this as well, just as a free parter that will always be my go-to for SGU. Brody's old man rant just gets me every time. The whole thing does raise a few questions. I know Gateworld done back in the day when it first came out, uh, how many people would actually take to create a civilization and go from there. And it's a little bit more than what we got that left Destiny in the first place, but you can get past that. Also, towards the end, we know they built ships and left, but only at sublight. Uh, with all the knowledge they had and could continue for forward, you'd think that they uh, would be able to at least jerry-rig their own hyperdrive by now, but you've got to think those first few years, they wouldn't have had paper or anything to record info apart from the Kinos. So a lot of that sort of in-depth technology or learning would have got lost when Volker and all that died. Yeah, again, fantastic two episodes, and... Uh, we're drawing to a close and uh, it's going to be a sad day but until then I've been Brad and I'll talk to you later goodbye thanks for that Brad always appreciated hopefully we'll get your input into the final wrap up show before it airs in a few weeks get in touch of course as Brad points out it is uh, doubtful that 80 odd people could create a civilization even over 2000 years that would thrive the genetic gene pool is pretty low But we're really not going to let that worry us. We're we're watching it for the story, not for the actual scientific facts. If you can throw in a little scientific truth into the story, then great. But it is science fiction. Okay then, if you want to get in touch with us, we are currently at gatecast.co.uk. Our email is thegatecastpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and Google+. And on Stitcher at thegatecast, which is one word. We are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. We're coming to a close on Stargate Universe. The future, we're not quite sure of at this point, although Alan is definitely going ahead with his Babylon 5 podcast. Right, back to the show. Thank you very much for joining us this evening to watch and discuss Blockade. As I said, next week we are going to do the series finale, Gauntlet. I hope you join us for that. Steve, Ian, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Thank you. Pleasure. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, both of you are on the show at the same time. Smashing. <laughs> Stereo, baby. This is what I like, you see. You're both very opinionated. You'll keep talking. The more talking during an episode, the less editing I have to do. <laughs> Would you like to give us some contact information and other goodies? 
Yeah, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Ian Eisted. It's a uh, one I for Ian, and Eisted is I S T E D. I tweet out a fair bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm a web developer and sci-fi fan, obviously, and I'm a scout leader. And when I finally have the time, I like to spend my time in the shed building stuff. Right. You can get me at Holosweep Media. I've got a Star Trek podcast called Tribbles and XC and a Battlestar Galactica podcast called Frack Stars. You head over to there and we're all over the internet as well. Okay then. Until next week, I've been Mike. And I've been Ian. I've been Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to The Gatecast, hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. I could have put money on both of you waiting for the other person, then going at the same time. Well, usually it's easy because it's you, then Alan, and then just as we started, yeah. I just suddenly thought... I don't, yeah. but I feel like I was like, awaiting, waiting, waiting. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> <laughs>